Welcome to the Whatever Podcast with Mark Deal. Thanks for dropping by, everybody. This is uh, Whatever with Mark Deal podcast. I'm your host, Mark Deal, and I've got uh, a good buddy, Hank Godwin, with me today. We're going to be talking about his book. But first, I want to take care of a couple of things. Uh, back in October, I sat down with uh, an old high school friend, uh, Sam Park, who's out in California now. He's a, a screenwriter. He, he's a jack of all trades, done lots of stuff. He's published him and his cousin published a comic book for a while and he's big into horror and movies and old time monster movies. And so in October, I sat down with him to talk about that and uh, called him up and uh, we talked for I think four and a half hours. So I cut it down and I've, I, I did one of the interviews and posted it back at the end of October, early November. Uh, I've got the second one ready. I've had it for a while, but I got busy doing other stuff. And <laughs> I'm going to post it. And then I've got at least one more where we actually get around to talking about uh, horror movies that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post sometime. So those, those will show up sometime between now and whenever. But I, I'm still going to do those. But so... Uh, so yeah, now yeah, let's well let's talk about what you've been doing. You've been you said you've been working with uh, you know a couple of your nonprofits that you've gotten involved with. Yeah, I I don't think I'm ever going to be able to let go of Ozark Mission Project. I'm on my third retirement from that. <laughs> so uh, you know, and they keep calling me, and they said, Hank, is it okay if we call you? And I said, Sure, yeah, that's that's fine. So. Evidently, I'm the only person in Arkansas that knows how to design a wheelchair ramp, but uh, <laughs> which I know that that's not true, uh, you know. But uh, it it's it's kind of it's a great great organization, yeah. And uh, I it's had an impact on my life, and if I can give back a little bit, that's cool. And then I'm I ended up being on a board of directors of uh, another Methodist. United Methodist thing, which is uh, a retreat center up here in, by Shirley, Arkansas, called uh, Mount Eagle. And uh, it's got 84 beds, you know, two lodges, two cottages, and a, what they call the Hermitage, which is a single occupancy place. Lots of trails, beautiful place with the, about several miles <laughs> of the middle fork of the uh, uh, Red River here. And it is just another spectacular place. And um, I've spent, I've got some great memories here um, by being with the kids, squirrel hunting and stuff like that. And, and uh, again, they kind of needed somebody with some business acumen and how to run a little small nonprofit. So I'm kind of helping them out. And we hired, a, we, we actually hired a new director and, um, uh, we're real excited about that. Her name's Caitlin uh, Hyatt from Waco, Texas. And uh, she's got two little kids, which I got a chance to meet about a month ago. Um, so we're excited about them coming. They're, 
they're going to be doing some of that, um, like what you were talking about, Mark, earlier about the gardening. Mm-hmm. He is in hydro. The husband is in hydroponics and works for an organization currently at, called Reap, which is a restorable energy plant, something or other. I, I, um, but it really is helping people do, uh, at risk people for food. Uh, being able to have a, a chance to get food from um, big gardens and stuff. So that I, we're excited about that. Okay. Hold on just a second. <clears throat> okay. Can you still hear me? Oh yeah. Okay. I had my headphones on and stuff and I thought we're still into my work oh <laughs> work computer uh, you were what oh there okay oh, i can hear that better yeah yeah the sound the sound works better uh, yeah i've got my headphones on and my you know microphone and then i realized that it was still plugged up to my work computer <laughs> so how were you hearing me uh, just through my uh computer speakers <laughs> So all that was good. Yeah. Well, you so know, I still recorded it. It's just the sound is a little bit better coming through these. Well, and two technology guys. I mean, I'm constant. I get up here and about half of this office uh, trying to figure out what to do, help them out was, was Microsoft office stuff and, and just QuickBooks and some other applications and, more, I just get tired of doing technology stuff. I'm, yeah. I mean, I did 36 years of it. I'm, I'm ready to retire from that. Yeah. I just want to go out and chainsaw and hammer and do <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I get computer questions all the time and I tell people, mm-hmm. I don't know any of that stuff. I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> I, you know, you give me a COBOL program and they say, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would push them back. Well, that stiff arm them pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, you want to talk about my book a little yeah, bit? Yeah, let's talk about your book. I'm turning into my dad, a fishing tale. What, I tell you, is this the third book that you've written? I have written two, and um, I have been a part of three others that I helped organizations like Ozark mission project had a 25th anniversary. So I uh-huh. helped them put that together. I was, I was a major contributor and a major in the editor of that book. So. Yeah. And then the one for your fishing group. Yeah. Yeah. We've okay. done two of the, we've done two okay. of those. So, okay. yeah, that's, I, and I would say I'm a major contributor in those because, yeah. about, you know, how lazy fishermen are, they don't write anything. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I, I've had to fill in the gaps and spell all the words, right. For some of that didn't do a very good job of that either, but this one was one I, um, I'm really proud of. I mean, my first one was I'd had a whole collection of short stories and a good friend of mine, Bruce Holstead had kind of talked me into it. He'd written a couple of books that I really enjoyed. And it's basically family stuff. And he said, Hank, you need to do it for your family. Because, you know, 50 years from now, they're going to want to know what it was like, you Mm -hmm. know, 
what their great, great grandpa was like or whatever. And so, um, I did it, enjoyed it, found it easy to self publish, you know, and, and this one, I decided, well, I, well, that first one I gave over, I gave away 200 books. So all the expense <laughs> was on me. Yeah. I had, I had one person write me a check for $15 and, and I still use it as a bookmark. So I never cashed <laughs> it, <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, um, I decided, well, I didn't want to, I'm on fixed income now with social security and all that. So I can't give away all those. And I just did it through Amazon, which I found easy. Yeah. And our, and our friend, our mutual friend, Jim Murphy was kind of some inspiration there. I, I went out and um, read, loaded down his book and read it and enjoyed it. And which one did you I read? Said, uh, the God, um, uh, virus or what, okay. what, whatever. The, yeah. yeah. That's one of them. And, um, that one's real creative. Yeah. Matter of, matter of fact, Jim is one of that book and Jim himself is kind of the inspiration for one of my chapters in my book. And it's, I think it's called Hannah Coulter is my, the chapter in my book. Uh-huh. And the reason for it is I, is I, I figured out there's a big difference between writing creatively and fiction like Jim wrote, which is, is real creative and writing a memoir or, um, like what I wrote, you know, that there's, there's a lot less boundaries in the fiction and to me and some other so I just said, well, that kind of had some pros and cons to it. When you're writing about your own family situations, you're yeah. limited by your memory and your memories based on, you know, what age you were when you had the memory and, and then all the time in between when the story has been retold a hundred times by family members and all that kind of business, but you're still confined to basically facts. And sometimes that can be limiting because you're not, especially when you're writing about somebody else, another family member, yeah. you don't know all the facts, yeah. you know, they, they don't, t they didn't tell the 10 to 12 year old kids, everything yeah. that was going on in the family. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but this, I, I had had several sh short stories put together that were fishing short stories and some of them, when my dad died in November of 2018, I kind of needed to process that event. So I decided to kind of put it together. All started with, you know, the idea on the inside of the cover, you know, the dedication. You know, that kind of came to me. He gave me the tools to survive and then gave me fishing to thrive. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how I felt about yeah. it. I mean, fishing means a lot to me, you know, so. I don't know what I'd do. I'd have to have another hobby yeah. <laughs> or another nonprofit to go. Help, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I sat down and read it. it. I didn't read it all in one night cause I started late on it, but you know, it's a fairly short book, but yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a very good book. You well, know? thank you. And it, uh, you know, one of the stories I'd heard several times, you know, you're, 
the baby gun the baby gun one yeah <laughs> you know uh but yeah i i really enjoyed it uh i got lots of pictures of uh a river runs through it going through my yeah. head you know on some of it some of the fishing scenes and i had to read some of them every once in a while i'd read stuff out loud to nine and Letitia who were in the room i read your your list of shots that you had to get when you were oh. thought you were moving to what the philippines, philippines? yeah yes. <laughs> those were hilarious <laughs> well i tell you that that was real you know yeah. think about that when you're I, mean, I know you played sports and football in high school and junior high my brother and I were the captains on the yeah. each other's football team, you know, and uh, we had both had girlfriends. We've been dating for a year and a half to two years and then come home and mom and yeah. dad say, Hey, we're moving to someplace. Yeah. And, and it was, that was traumatic, you know? So yeah. I had to make it funny. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. My mom, uh, I don't remember what grade I was in. I don't know if I was in junior high or just starting high school. Uh, she thought about my, my grandparents on my dad's side were missionaries and mm. they were down in Ghana running, help running a, a school, a preacher school down there. And she seriously thought about us moving down there for a year or so. I was not a fan of that idea. <laughs> Luckily she did. She didn't do it. So, <laughs> yeah. well, and I think obviously that, that changed the trajectory of my life. You know, it, I went from a rural background in Texas uh -huh. to California in a large, large, like four, a five, a school, one of the largest yeah. categories. So, and instead of being the big man on campus, I was just one of three quarterbacks on the team and yeah. that kind of thing. You know, it was, um, it, it was pretty traumatic, but, uh, I also had, it opened my eyes, you know, moving to, a, a an air base, basically, uh, there was a lot that Travis air force base in the military, the towns around there had all of the, the air base people you know, like here in yeah. Jacksonville does. And it was, you know, the rural Texas panhandle, there was no color other yeah. than white. Yeah. And then there was no religion other than pretty much Baptist. Baptist. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, going out there, uh, it was a big, big difference, you know, I, and I enjoyed the diversity. I, my friends, my group of friends were, all different races and this it was just different you know and i and i really really liked it so it kind of opened my mind to a bunch of things you know yeah i attribute that that little gig to uh my liberal tendencies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well but anyway it, it was fun <clears throat> i'm a, i really struggled mark when i wrote the book, you know, I said, well, I was going to try to sell this a little bit and maybe even, I, but I can't, I think that the book does appeal to more than just my family. Yeah. Obviously. I, I mean, too. 
I think the connection with a father or, or uh, some other mentor or whatever, <coughs> you know, it, it's important. I mean, I had lots of good mentors in my life. Yeah. You know, this one just happens to be about my father and yeah. processing some, some unsaid <clears throat> things when, when he was, when he died. But, yeah. uh, uh, but I think that resonates with a lot of people, female, male, whatever, you know? Yeah. I, I think the whole thing w- will appeal to more than just your family and more than to just fishermen or fisher yeah. people or whatever you call people that fish a snobby yep. snobby fly fisherman <laughs> man i had to take some shots man <laughs> yeah, that's my friends and my group of friends that are fishermen it, it's i am the king of trash talking yeah you know, i i can do it with the best of them but uh i might have been birth in my days at blue cross blue shield and all those golf tournaments we yeah. played in. Yeah, we, we didn't cut anybody any slack. No, no. <laughs> and we to, none of us took it very seriously either. Yeah. You know, I used to play golf with uh, Ed Person and uh you know we used to play all the time and you know we trash talked all the time and you know and all of our games were for money. It wasn't for a lot of money, but you know yeah. You know, it usually ended up, you know, the worst you were ever going to lose a couple of dollars. But I took a, another friend with us to play one time. And, uh, when we got home, he said, I'll play golf with you anytime, but I'm never playing with, (laughs) with y'all. Cause we didn't, you know, he was playing golf with us. So we, we talked trash and, you know, we, we treated him just like, (laughs) yeah. he didn't enjoy it as much as we did. <laughs> oh, my. That's the way Liza is. When she's around me and my fishing buddies, she's going, why are y'all so mean to each other? Yeah. Like, it no, right? it's not real. <laughs> no. No. You just got to humble people. You yeah. Know? Well, yeah. what was your favorite story? Uh, I had a couple. Well, I liked, I liked the early ones there. I liked the one uh, about Marty. Yeah. Oh, you know Marty, don't you? I don't know. I'd have to see him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that one. I thought that was funny, especially when uh, he thought y'all had left him, and he walked down the oh. road. And you know, and that thinking about you know back before cell phones. You know, I'm yeah. just going. Who would do something yeah. that dumb? <laughs> I, and of course my sister she was sitting back at the cabin you know you i mean it's literally 30 miles 45 minutes through the mountains to get back to lake city yeah and he rolls in gets dropped off by you know his new best friend yeah <laughs> and my sister's just kind of sitting there smoking a cigarette and drinking a drink and listening to the story and just and Mar- marty tells it really good says she just said, dumbass, get in the yeah. car. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's, that is a true story. I mean, and golly, well, all those yeah. things are true, you know. I, you know, Rena, it's a wonder that none of y'all died. Yes, <laughs> you're right. Absolutely. 
But I think you know, a lot of us can look back at our life and say, well, how in the world did we live? Yeah. <laughs> Especially those college days. Yeah. You know, oh, man. Uh, were yeah. you, I, when you were grew up in the boot hill, isn't that right? Uh-huh. How big a town was it that you grew up in? How, how big it was, was it was uh, five, around 5,000. Well, that's still pretty small. Yeah. When my little town of Panhandle was 2,600. Yeah. It's a little smaller now, I think. But, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so is Malden, you know, like a lot of little towns. Right. You know. Uh, so a lot of that kind of stuff has to, you know, yeah. resonate with you. And you knew friends from little smaller towns. Yeah. You know, kind of stuff. and Or your parents might have come from little yeah. bitty small towns. Yeah. And, yeah. I, yeah. My cousins lived in a town of, you know, maybe a hundred, you know, <laughs> you know, if there were that many folks there, you know, uh, he was a barber. See all of that kind know. of, and but, if he was a barber in a town of 100, he knew everybody yeah. and knew everything yeah. about everybody. Well, you know? his barbershop wasn't there most of the time when I was growing up, his barbershop was in a little town called Campbell near Malden which was mm -hmm. 12 to 1500 people, something like that. So it, it was in big, between. Big yeah. Big city. Yeah. Uh, class I not, A class. I, I, I did not like getting my, I did not like getting my hair cut by my uncle. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mind it. I don't guess when I was a little kid, but you know, when I got teenage, this is early seventies. Uh, you know, he had an idea of how short my hair should be. And I had a different idea, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so as soon as Diane and I started dating, she started cutting my hair and has been cutting my hair since I was 15. So. <laughs> wow. That works. Yeah. But yeah, let's see. I liked, I really liked that story. I, I liked, uh, what was the name of that one? It was when talking about your dad, just dropping you off at the road saying be yeah. you know meet back here at whatever time buy yeah. the the junk that yeah the mining equipment yeah, yeah that's everywhere yes. yeah <laughs> i you know that still kind of fascinates me because he is very savvy i mean he knew where he was he never could get lost but yet he couldn't tell us where to meet, yeah. you know, and if you've ever been to Colorado, that I make a comment in there about, well, he could have just said meet at the initials on the Aspen tree. Cause everybody carves their initials in the uh -huh. Aspen tree and they're just smart, scarred all over those mountains, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but he knew what he was doing. He knew we weren't going to, we, we weren't going to be too far from him, you know, Yeah. that I realized Actually, I realized a theme in that book from talking to my uncle about my dad's early life. And he said that his father, my grandfather, trusted them with the tractor and the pickup truck and and big equipment kind of things long before they should have. I mean, when yeah. they were eight, nine and 10 years old, they were driving tractors and stuff like that. Yeah. And I realized that that was such a gift that my dad gave me too is he entrusted me with what, whether it was a shotgun to go bird hunt with them 
or an expensive fishing rod or all of his power tools. He entrusted me with that at a very young age. And so I learned to take care of them and all that. And that was something I never realized until just before I wrote this book, you know, yeah. that, and those kind of things, you don't, they just kind of fly over your head. You don't know that you got that passed on to you. That's not something you oh, write down in your book of legacies from your yeah. family members. You know, <laughs> it just, just happens. And, um, you know, there's, there's of course, fishing in general was something that dad gave me. I, he made sure I enjoyed it and I, I did and pass that on to my children. Kind of. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jason, you know, my older son, he just didn't get my attention like he should have. Well, yeah, yeah that, that made me, th made me think of, uh, I wish my kids played golf cause I would like to play golf with them, but yeah. I didn't have the patience. You know, I took them out a couple of times, you know, and said, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Neither one of them are sports minded and, uh, you know, didn't really play sports because I was too busy playing sports, you know, when they were, right. uh, you know, playing yeah. softball and golf and, and stuff. And, uh, oh my, don't get me started on that guilt. Yeah. You know, when I, you know, I was on three different softball teams. There wasn't a whole lot of time. I was at home when my yeah. children were yeah. young, you know? Well, I yeah. made mine go, you know, <laughs> they spent a lot of time at, you know, ballparks. Uh, yeah. You know, and they can remember yeah. that. Actually, uh, Letitia says one of her only memories, uh, or the main thing memory from softball is, uh, playing in a, a tournament with blue cross and i i just lost it at our own team the way we we're playing and kicked all the bats in the dugouts and walked off yeah <laughs> she's never seen that no <laughs> probably didn't want to see it again i said well that's great that's <laughs> what an example yeah <laughs> But you know, you never know what memories are going to stick out. So you got to be careful. Yeah. 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 You know, I, speaking of that, I've, I've gone back to my boys a couple of times because I coached a lot of their youth sports and, and I was not a good uh, parent in the stands either, even when I wasn't coaching. Yeah. And I had a couple of incidents that I remember and then I just think were tragic and I'm just so embarrassed by them acting out on the sidelines and I've, I've gone to them both both of them on both incidents and asked them if they remembered that and they said no nah, i don't remember any of that and so yeah. i'm going oh, good <laughs> <laughs> so now now i wish i hadn't brought it up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> but yeah uh yeah i really like those I, like i said i liked all of it uh it all resonated i will admit i i had some struggles with it because uh uh my dad died when i was nine i uh, was killed in a car wreck so i've always i don't guess i've ever really <clears throat> fully dealt with that and so i always i struggle with uh father son stuff a lot yeah yeah and um and i i'll tell you part of this was 
I had some unresolved things that I needed to deal with with my dad and and it's kind of soft pedaled in this a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um matter of fact, one of the things I was gonna read if you wanted me to read a little bit out loud was the paragraph about some of that. Yeah. And but it was there is that too, that this book was something I needed to kind of wrap things up and put it on the shelf, you know? And, uh, so I, I, um, I, I mean, I had a great relationship and you can <clears throat> tell, you can tell that in there with my dad, yeah. but, but all of us, I, I mean, it's very unrealistic that you're not going to have issues when they're, they're last end times, you know, yeah. there, there's just, the way things are set up now, especially that generation is going to be tough in some ways, Mark, my, I never, my mom died suddenly when I was 30, uh, she just plopped over when she was 50 years old at her desk. Yeah. And, um, in some ways that's a lot more, uh, buttoned up and done. You know, it was, there was no unresolved anything. You know, I was either too young to have had any bad times with her yeah. or whatever. <laughs> you know, of course, I missed her and everything, and I lament that she wasn't around. But but uh, that was a whole lot uh, more concise and, and uh, no unresolved baggage to deal with with that. Not so much with my dad because my sister and I had to convincing that he, he was, he was having dementia and some other yeah. issues. So it was tough. Yeah. Yeah. I think my mom died the same year your dad did. And, uh, she had Alzheimer's. Oh yeah. And, uh, so yeah, the last several years were, you know, finally convincing her that she had to, you know, she couldn't do this anymore and she needed help. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the, the, not hallucinations, but, you know, just getting confused and, yeah. you know, the things that she believed and, uh, were kind of tough. It was tougher on my brother cause she lived, she lived with them, yeah. but she didn't live with him the whole time. She actually lived in a little apartment, but it was near them. And so they had the brunt of, of taking care of her, you know? Yeah. Uh, Similar situation. My sister shouldered most of it in, yeah. uh, with my dad and my stepmom at the time. And um, so that was, that was kind of tough, you know. But I think moms are a little bit different. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not prying too much here, but I mean, you probably didn't have a lot of unresolved things with your mom. Moms seem to no. have, have it unconditional love yeah. down, you know. They know how to deal with, I mean, and I would have never with my mom either. I mean, she called me every week all my life until she died, you know, kind of thing. And, and, um, it was her, I always talked with. It wasn't my dad that I talked yeah. with. So pretty cool. Well, I, you want me to, you want yeah, me to read that? Yeah, one, read, read something from it. All right. This is, I'm going to, I'm not going to read this whole chapter. This is, uh, this is called the million dollar water. And that 
that is what we call this one place in, in outside of Lake City that. Oh, where y'all broke the law. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you stole something. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, it was only by a couple of feet. We just walked down the side of the fence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trespassed just a little bit. But it was a situation where the, the Game and Fish in Colorado brought in. Uh, they, it's literally called the Million Dollar Water because they brought in all these huge boulders to make uh, fish structure through this one couple of mile, three mile stretch of the river. And it's beautiful, big, big fish. But my, my dad and I, well, we didn't really like to fish it that much. We would go, but we really, it wasn't what we liked the, yeah. the most. So anyway, I'm going to start here kind of almost towards the end and uh, just kind of lamenting about my relationship with my father is and I think this is the kind of thing that does resonate with a lot of people. You know, there came an unknown point where Fox news had injected so much fear into my dad that it separated us. There was a time when I loved and looked forward to talking about religion, politics, and social issues with my dad. I found him practical in his thinking. It was a good tether to my idealism. These were easy conversations full of mutual respect. Suddenly, his practical view was replaced with unreasonable fear, fear I did not comprehend. I blame this on partisan cable news, but there is something about losing control in your older years. Technology leaps over you, and the language we use to communicate with each other morphs into something unrecognizable. Stack dementia on top, and this can be daunting. He had no remaining tools to work this problem. His logistical skills for his, this journey were foggy at best. Our shared genetic and environmental tendency drove him deeper into trouble and further away from me. My dad's health and doctor visits dominated our conversations by this time. Phone conversations and time together were strained, uncomfortable and avoided. Our common ground seemed to wither away. Why would I think my business case approach with slides and spreadsheets would sway dad into signing up for an assisted living facility? It did not resonate with him. And besides, he had, he had another person to care for on his watch. His male ego would not be open to intervention. I do not think any think we swayed him with reason or logic. He eventually surrendered to our tears. I wish in those final years we had just one more time snuck over the fence, walked down through the beautiful cottonwoods to the water's edge and sat in the soft grass, boots unstrapped, rods on the bank and feet hanging in the water. Our time together could have been more fruitful with a little more truly meaningful conversation. Dad and I would have never mastered these waters anyway. Our skills and souls are much more aligned with the logistical challenges of the journey and the total immersion into the beautiful willow strewn Brookie Creek. A better, a better use of the million dollar water for some would be those most needed million dollar conversations with people you respect, honor, and love. Dad and I could have talked about those precious moments stolen from our relationship by cable news and life. 
we would have certainly replaced them with honest conversation about our love of fishing and family. That would have been quite a caper. You know, I, that's about as hard as I hit it, yeah. you know, but, but I hope I something. <clears throat> but I, I just think that is a common theme that goes through multi-generations. You know, we don't understand. I, I could not understand why my dad did not want to move into an assisted living where there's movies all day long and yeah. dominoes and yeah, some places even had ponds he could fish in. Uh, but that generation kind of thought, you know, the, the next thing after you can't do anything is you go into a nursing home and die. Yeah. You know, that was what was in his mind and which was, it's just not what it is like anymore. You know, there's so, but I, I eventually, after hitting my head up against the wall so many times, just kind of gave up with that conversation. And my sister and I were able to, to put him in a safer environment for the last few years, which yeah. worked out great. Yeah. Well, we had just, we had gotten to that point with mom was she actually needed to be in an assisted living place quite a bit before but we just never, we, we couldn't pull the trigger, you know? Yeah. Uh, and we had finally decided we had to, and, uh, we had, uh, actually Diane and I had gone up to the place up here on, uh, on McCain Lakewood something. Yeah. And, uh, had talked to them about how to get her in there and how to pay for it and all that good stuff. And got a call from a sister-in-law that we needed to come uh, see her. Uh, she was in the hospital. Uh, she had she'd been having trouble walking, and uh, we just thought it was part of the dementia. You know, she she was forgetting how to do stuff. You know, and we thought it got right. to that point. And uh, she went to the hospital, and they found a mass on her on her spine, and uh, turned out to be cancer. And it was one of those things that in like two weeks, you know. Wow. So it was one of those, uh, you know, blessings in disguise things, you know. Yep. You know. Yep. Yep. I, I do know. I always want to do a shout out to my son who did the cover, by the way. I like that. That is Cinnamon Pass, which is a pretty popular um, it's part of the Alpine loop uh -huh. up, up there in Lake city. And, and of course, since you've read the book, you know, who Walter is. And you also know about this, the 1960s Volkswagen bug. Yeah. Went up there. <laughs> I, I'm still pretty much amazed. I, I can still picture that in my mind. All the, I mean, our luggage rack was st stacked a lot taller than that. Yeah. With a big old tarp <laughs> on it. Well, well, you know, Mark, we're going to get old and our kids, they better learn from some of these things. Yeah. <laughs> Although I tell you, uh, I'm, you, you're like me, I think. We've embraced change in technology. You have to in our professions. Yeah. I mean, there's, I'm okay with whatever they want to do with me. If they want to prop me up against a tree or I'm okay with it. Yeah. You know, it's just give me a fishing rod and close enough to the stream. 
you know, I, I always joke that I would like them, well, you know, when I'm gone to have me uh, stuffed, you know, take me to a taxidermist and bring me out at Halloween, you know, and prop me out on the porch. Yeah. They, they don't like that idea. No. But, no, uh, <laughs> I, I can see that. I, I would probably, oh, God. you know, one, one of the things, um, see, they have so many more uh, options now. I, I ended up Googling. We were worried about my dad driving around and getting lost. He And he did do that a couple of times yeah. in Amarillo. So I found this little device that plugs into his a port on his maintenance port on his car. So we kind of knew where he was. was so yeah. we'd get alerts and, you know, so I can see us with some kind of collar on or, <laughs> or something around our ankle. You know? <laughs> and I kind of hope I'm a pain in the butt to my kids. You know? I plan on being. <laughs> <laughs> see, you got a granddaughter. Yeah. She will take care of you. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I got I got two nasty old boys. Yeah, they will you, not take. You needed a daughter because I need, you, you know because you look Letitia, at it. Talk to Letitia about <laughs> Hank. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> or Natasha. Either one. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you will be easy. So talk to your granddaughter. She can handle two. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah I, I got a niece i have one niece uh, i have a grand niece but i have another niece and both of them love me dearly okay <laughs> one of them's pictures in the book my grand niece that she uh, she's the fish she can clean fish too yeah so, um, she, she's got skills so she can oh. probably take care of me in my end times that'd be good <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, uh, folks ought to go get this book. Have you sold very many copies? Probably not, but oh, I well, family and friends right now. Yeah, well, and a few, um, and I haven't done any advertising. I plan yeah. on sending it out to one of the uh, fly shops in Lake City. Yeah, yeah. see, you know, because there's stories about it all over, but I haven't really pushed very hard on it yeah. and uh i've sold over a hundred oh that's, and, that's not bad and so that that i was surprised at it you know yeah. people are giving it for christmas presents and yeah. stuff like that which flatters me i, can, I can see that uh, uh i i was you know I, my expectation seriously was i wanted to make enough money in royalties to Buy me a good set of waiters and boots. boots. <laughs> That's all I want. And I've made about a couple hundred dollars on that, or maybe yeah. two hundred and fifty. And yeah, so I, I can get me some waiters. I yeah. mean, that's way more than I've spent on my my gear. I might I might have to buy a copy of this and send to my uncle. He he's a fly fisherman. The barber? Uh, no, that's a different uncle. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the barber uncle is on uh, on my mom's side. Uh, yeah. On my dad's side, my uncle he's only he's he's only a few years older than me, uh, but they live up around Branson, uh, 
think they live in Kimberly City. Uh, yeah. And he's a, he's an avid fisherman. And I don't know how many years ago he moved from just regular fishing to fly fishing. And so, you know, now he's very, he, he's very snobbish about fishing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You need yeah. to send him this book. Yeah. It'll, it'll bust him down a couple of yeah. notches. But yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Well, I really appreciate you, you know, stumping this for me. This is, this has been fun. I'm, yeah, to my, to, get to, back my, to and, my to my ten listeners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't care. <laughs> I, I, you know, word of mouth. Yeah, that's what they did before advertising. You know. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I don't know what I was going to say there. <laughs> like I said, I enjoyed it. I hope some more people buy it uh keep writing uh and hopefully you know, hopefully i'm gonna get back on on schedule doing these a little more uh you know just i don't know i kind of lost some oomph during the the pandemic plus like i said i got really busy on uh a bunch of stuff i was uh and i'm not i'm not very good at booking people to get on you know I've had a couple of people that I wanted to get on. I'll send them a note and we never yeah. really connect. You're the only one you and a guy named Dean Bridgman, who's a musician yeah. are the only ones that I can consistently, you know, connect with. And <laughs> well, it's my thing on. with you. Yeah. You know, it's the time <laughs> you and I have together. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought there for a little bit since you hadn't really connected with me that, you fired me as your yeah. whatever poet laureate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, resident storyteller. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, kind of, you know, the blahs from the quarantine, you know, binge watching a bunch of stuff and, you know, couldn't get motivated to do stuff. But then also I was, uh, you know, I've worked on a couple of, of games. I had a. I saw that. Yeah. I I was thinking about getting one of those for a Christmas present, and uh, that that looked awesome. It takes a while to to get them because they're you know print on demand, you know company. Yeah. Uh, so they're fairly slow anyway. But during during the pandemic, you know, they've been slower. Now I do have. A couple of the card games, I've got copies here. If, if you'd like a, the, I've got one kink called Kings and Dragons, which is an Uno style game that's pretty yeah. fun. That developed it from an idea from uh, Letitia and Rory. Uh, they had, Letitia had read about this game in a book that she was reading, and her and Rory kind of, fleshed it out and turned it into a game and uh they brought it over and we played it a few times and then we started making tweaks and uh came up with some different ideas and uh, got my brother to do the the artwork for it and uh i think it's a pretty fun I, game i i've got uh, my grandniece and um my grandnephew 
they are really into that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And I would like to get some of that stuff or buy some of that stuff from you or even, I'll, even that I, big board game. I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you the, the card game. Okay. I, I'll get that to you. Cause I've got a couple of copies and you've given me stuff. So, uh, well, now okay. I feel bad. I'll come over and autograph your book for okay. you. <laughs> That's worth a quarter. <laughs> uh, the other card game is kind of a an educational. It's a adding and subtracting game that, even though it was aimed at you know kids a little younger than Rory, uh, we we've played it a few times and we we enjoy it. Anyway, so it's kind of a fun little game. Now the board game, I really like it. It's a, it's like playing Clue, except with monsters. Oh wow! And uh, I got a young lady from that goes to church with us. That's an artist, and hired her to do the artwork for it. And uh, I'm really pleased with it. The only problem with it, it's it's kind of expensive. You know, it's, I saw that, but I was yeah. still going to order that sucker yeah. for my, a special occasion for my, my grand niece. Yeah. Now, if, if I could, if I could raise the money and buy like a thousand copies of it, I could sell it for a decent price, but yeah, <laughs> well, but I, I think that's what makes it really cool. Yeah. You know, that it's custom made, basically made for you when you order it, you know, yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. I did go out to. It, there was a link or something or yeah i didn't go out and look at it it looked awesome i, I thought it was great looking. yeah it's it's a pretty fun game or we think it is uh there's probably still some you know uh mistakes and loopholes in it that you know you find oh how do you do this but i find that in any game i play you know yeah oh yeah find situations that you don't know yeah, yeah. and and then you know part of my retirement plans is I'm going to go back out to the farmer's markets like I did a couple, a few years ago. So I've been working on stuff that I want to, to sell. One of the things when I retire is I want to make stuff. I want to create stuff, you know, uh, used to get some of that in programming, you know, there used to be, it felt like there was an art, the actual programming. Uh, what I do now, there isn't any art, you know, <laughs> plugging in codes into yeah. some table. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I really think that's where I am in life. I, I've done chainsaw artwork. I've done grinder artwork. Every cedar tree on my property up in Marion County, I'm going to turn into a piece of art. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've done, all my old saw blades, I got my, my spray paint out and spray painted them and hung a big uh, mobile in the tree. Now, yeah. If it ever falls on somebody, it's going to kill them. But, uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm into creating. That's yeah. a good way of putting it, creating. I want to create yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and if I can sell a little bit of it, that's fine. If I don't, yeah. that's fine, too. Uh, yeah. I'm the same way, Mark. Yeah. Absolutely. I got- I got fascinated watching some YouTube videos of, uh, people using epoxy resin, you know, have you seen the resin tables and, 
and stuff like I've that. I've done that. Have you? I did an, I did an island for a friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, and that's, have you done it yet? Yeah. Well, I haven't done tables. I've done some smaller stuff. I've done, uh, yeah, I, I didn't want to do something that big. I was thinking, what can I do? And so then I said, there's a fairly simple thing to make is cutting boards, you know, and I saw some really pretty cutting boards with the rivers in them. And then I got to thinking I would also like to do some routing in them and do the inlay with resin. Right. Uh, and I don't know if you saw any of those I posted. One of the things I did. I did, I went out and bought me a little CNC router table, you know, and uh, played with it. Did a couple of little Christmas ones and posted them saying, I wonder if anybody buy these. I did like five or six, posted them. I thought, well, maybe, maybe somebody will buy one or two. Well, Diana shared it with all of her friends. And before I knew it, I had like Christmas orders, 30, 30 <laughs> orders. Uh, I said, I know I don't, I don't want to work this hard. I want to make stuff. <laughs> but I, I don't want another full-time job. Right. <laughs> I want to make I stuff and post it. And if somebody wants to buy it, good. Yeah. And then when I want to, you know, I don't want to make the same tree 50 times, you know, yeah. in, my, in my garage. I don't have a, I don't have a dust collecting system. Yeah. So my garage looks like, you know, 60s, big city smog you know <laughs> it's just a haze when you walk out there you know <laughs> so i got through christmas now i gotta step back and do some cleanup and you know <laughs> oh, i found that epoxy stuff a little hard to work with you yeah. know i mean you gotta work fast and yeah and i was doing a probably a 46 40 40 inch by 24 inch island. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, that was a pretty cool island. I made it, I had some old windows that made the bottom part of it and had a display on one out, one end and pots and pans, shelves on yeah. the other end. And on the other side, I put a, a picture of Arkansas that I'd routed out. Tell me about your CNC router. Do you? Do you like it? And it works yeah, pretty good. But it has yeah. so far. I, I've had it. I've, I've gone through, I went through a lot of boards. Uh, Cause what I, I wanted to do is I like bamboo. So hmm. I found some places where I ordered some bamboo cutting boards, you know, already made. And then I did the router with them and, you know, I broke three or four blades or, you know, not blades, bits, but, uh, bits. bits. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the ones that I first was doing, I did one for my friend, Aaron and Tricia. I did the, uh, I took the, their logo for the back five fields and wanted to do that. And a big part of that was the big cutout of Arkansas. And oh, yeah. I had, that seemed like fairly simple to do, uh, but 
it kept messing up and it would, you know, it go through and cut a little bit. And then it was, you know, cause it goes through several times to get down to the final depth. But each time it would start over on Arkansas, it would shift the beginning spot a little to the left. Mm. And so by the time I finished, it had done a mess all across the board. Yeah. And it took several times to, to get that, you know, playing around with the speed and the depth and still didn't quite get it right. It, it moved a little bit, but enough that I could work with it. Uh, yeah. So sand it out. Yeah. So I've, I've still, I still have some issues, but all in all, it, it's, I've been pretty pleased with it. Uh, I'm thinking I'm, that's I'm ready my to, next purchases. I'm ready to upgrade. You know, it, it comes with a spindle that, uh, with it, but you can also upgrade this one to, uh, one of the DeWalt routers mm. will fit in it. And, you know, trying to look at, you know, when I got it, I thought, Oh, you just plug some stuff in this program. It'll, it'll run and cut all this stuff. I, now I got looking, you know, formulas for figuring out those, the speed rate, the, you know, and all this stuff. Oh man. Sounds like work. Yeah. yeah. So I think really to, uh, to work in bamboo since bamboo is so hard is I've either got a really slow, the speed down on mine even more, you know, and take forever to do stuff or upgrade the, the spindle cause the, the RPMs on the on the DeWalt are a lot faster than the stock spindle that came with it, mm. and so I think that's my next next upgrade. But yeah, I've I've enjoyed it. I like playing with it. Uh, I, there's something I'm, I'm about not planning. What? I'm not planning on doing a bunch of real fancy stuff with it. Uh, I've you know I've joined a Facebook group for this particular brand, and there's some people doing pretty amazing stuff with yeah. their CNC's. There's always somebody better than you. Yeah. yeah. I figure that out. Mine I don't was, have the patience to, yeah. to, to get the, the next level, you know, mine was pretty much, I wanted to use it to route out, uh, you know, names and stuff on cutting boards to sell it. The, uh, farmer's market, you know, yep. I might do a little more fancy stuff, you know, but not much, you know. Do you know the people out at me and McGee? Yes. That's yeah, one of and, my favorite and actually, places. And actually, I, I talked to them. I'm supposed to be working on a cutting board of their logo. Ah. And uh, my first couple of attempts at that have not been pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Converting the, you know, the pickup truck in their logo to oh, yeah. uh, the CNC code. <laughs> yeah. Has not been pretty. <laughs> yeah. So I've got a month or so, you know, I want to, since they're closed now until uh, March or so into February, right. March. Uh, but yeah, I, I talked to him and uh, he was really interested. So I might be selling some out there. Well, we buy, we spend a lot of money out there. Yeah, we, we, we do too. 
Oh man, I love that place. I, yeah. Matter of fact, in my truck, I got those pancake syrups out there, all those different kinds that she makes. Man, I'm ready. Yep. <laughs> well, this has been fun, Mark. Yep. I've enjoyed it. Uh, we'll get back together again. I don't know. Whenever you feel like reading a story. All right. I'm, I'm always writing. I, I, I thought this was going to be my last book, uh-huh. but I, I don't know if I can let, give up on that. I mean, yeah. I, I've got a lot of time left, you know, I'm going to, yeah. there's going to be something stupid happen in front of me. I'm going to have to write about it. Yeah. You know? And, and with all of my friends, that, that happens almost daily. <laughs> you, you think you might venture over into fiction any, or do you think you're just going to stay with? I, I really admire people that can write fiction. I, I wrote one fictional story and uh, I thought it was great, but uh, it's, and I did do kind of like what you did with your games. I went to, it was when my son was at Kansas City Art Institute. I said, do you have anybody that does illustrations? And he had a friend that was up there, starving college kid that I paid $300. And yeah. he did eight illustrations. And those illustrations are outstanding, really. And it's kind of a, a fantasy, magical kind uh-huh. of a story. So the the illustrations are really yeah. good. and. I might send that to you. you okay. Can see, yeah. see what I'd you like think. That. Yeah. But it's the Matt, only fiction I've written. Well, no, you wrote you wrote some fiction. You wrote a Halloween story. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. You know, yes. I tried I tried getting talking about Jim Murphy earlier. I tried to get Jim on our show, you know, for that because yeah. uh, he he said he doesn't read out loud like that. So, I mean, I think of him a lot, you know, just the times we had just riding together in the work all those years, you know, he's writing, he's in the middle of writing another book. This one's not a fiction book though. He's, he's going to, he's writing about his, uh, deep sea diving. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got, he's, he's, he's a Renaissance guy. He he is. He is. We should have called, we should have known that our, our, our little, what was it we rode to work in? Whatever my car was at that time was the Renaissance guys. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm lucky. I've I know several people that have written books. I need to get a couple of other friends on that are, are writers. But uh, yeah, I've enjoyed this. We'll get together again. Uh, so, well, hug Diana for me. I will. Unless she's quarantined for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess that does it for another show. Thanks everybody for dropping by. I would tell you where you can listen to the show, but I've forgotten since it's been so long. (laughs) Spotify, Facebook, Podbean. Uh, I think I'm still on iTunes and some of those other places. You can find a link to it, you know. If, if you've listened this far, you already know, but share it with your friends. <laughs> uh, join our Facebook group. I guess we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>